I am Sandra Ezekwesili. Privatizing the refineries improve petrol supply. Will privatizing the refineries improve petrol supply? Last week, Melekiari, NMPC's group managing director, said government wants to privatize majority stakes in all its refineries. Now, of course, this comes just days after government announced an official end both to fuel subsidy and to price controls in fuel. And our big hard fact today is that according to the NNPC, its refineries did not refine any fuel in the year between July 2019 and June 2020. According to NNPC, its refineries did not refine any fuel in the year between July 2019 and June 2020. So for a whole year, the refineries had no output. By the way, in that period, they gulped more than 100 billion naira combined in operational costs. Now, according to the NMPC, the refineries were undergoing repairs during that one-year period. So let's also point out that as of March last year, they were only working at 5.5% capacity. So clearly, no matter how you look at it, the refineries are not being run efficiently. And it's not a new situation. We've had this conversation a lot of times, especially on hard facts. Now, because of this, we have the NMPC finally saying maybe it's time to sell a majority share to private investors who may do a better job. That's what we're talking about today. Let's look at all the steps that the government is taking almost at the same time to deregulate the petroleum sector. Let's also talk about the possible short-term and long-term effects so that you can decide if these are the right steps or not. Here to talk about it is Osato Gobadia, who is an energy analyst for Steers Business. Osato, thank you so much for joining us on Hard Facts. Hi, Sandra. Yes. Now, Lagos, as we go along, I want to hear from you as well. What do you think about government's plan to partially privatize its refineries? Do you think this will improve or worsen the fuel um, uh, sub supply situation? Do you think government can run the refineries efficiently, or do you think it needs to go uh, to the hands of the private sector? And what do you think about the moves in general to deregulate the petroleum sector? Our number is 0700-993-993-993. You can share your thoughts via WhatsApp. WhatsApp is 80 Osato, before we talk about the refineries, let's talk about the removal of fuel subsidy and the deregulation of prices. This is a policy decision that many economists have advocated for years. How come it's finally happening? Hi, Sandra. Thank you. That's a nice question. Hmm. So, yes, you're right. Um, economists and international bodies like the IMF have been advocating um, for the removal of the subsidy, um, not just in Nigeria, but in other oil-producing countries. Hmm. Um, the, and so it's, it's been difficult to do. Last year, the IMF um, came here, came to Nigeria to advocate for the removal. Hmm. And the Minister of Finance said 
you know, she agreed that the subsidy, that the subsidy needs to be removed, mm-hmm. but the timing mm-hmm. um, can happen now because Nigeria has to provide cushions mm-hmm. for its citizens before mm-hmm. it does that. Mm-hmm. And then, luckily, by well, luckily or unluckily, depending on the perspective, by March the crude oil price had dropped um, significantly. Um, so it was, we were in a situation where the 145 naira per liter we were paying was even too much if you look at the fundamentals of the of the price. We're paying too much. So, the sub, so that was a good opportunity for the government to now remove the subsidy and we're able to also reduce the fuel price at the same time. Um, just just because the you know, the cost of petrol had the cost of importing petrol had reduced. Um, and they took advantage of that to actually remove the subsidy. Now where the problem started was when the crude oil price went up, which we saw in August. Hmm. And then the um, the NAPT had to increase the the petrol price as a result. Um, that's when we saw the the different um, agitations around the country. Hmm. Hmm. Um, but again, how come it's finally happening? Right. So, you know, according to the according to the NAPT GM, the Nigeria cannot afford um, to be spending one point two trillion naira per year. Um, subsidizing petrol, right? It, it, it's always been a case of okay, when is the when is the right time to do it? We tried to do it in 2012, when you know the party was the right time. Turned out it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, the policy wasn't ready. The, the country wasn't ready for it. Mm-hmm. So the protest. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that the crude oil price has 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 dropped, um, we can afford to remove the subsidy. Or we could in March afford to remove the subsidy, but still have low petrol prices for our people. Remember the last time in 2012 when Goodluck Jonathan, President Goodluck Jonathan, removed the subsidy, mm-hmm. the price doubled. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. the impact of the removal. The price mm-hmm. more than doubled. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was from like 69 to like 140, I think, if I remember. Mm-hmm. But like now, you know, the government saw that okay, if we remove the subsidy now, mm-hmm. the price is actually reduced. So we're not going to get those protests that we got in March. Um, so that, that, that's the reason why now. Hmm. Really. Uh, there's a suggestion that the IMF made this one of the ofi- unofficial conditions for their recent loan package. What do you think about that? Yes, that's that's a very um, believable point of view. Okay. Um, I think we saw the letter that the Minister of Finance wrote to the IMF. Okay. Um, I think this was just after, just before we requested for the loan, or just after. Hmm. Um, where she stated clearly that, you know, we've stopped paying subsidies. Like, that was one of the main points that she tried to make in that letter mm-hmm. to the IMF. So definitely um, getting, you know, we have, we have the coronavirus pandemic. Um, it's weakening the economy. Government is going to have to spend. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's, so there's one issue of, okay, government should not be spending, um, you know, subsidy, money on subsidy. Mm-hmm. You should be spending it in other areas to boost the to boost the economic recovery. Mm. And the other angle is, okay, government doesn't even have all the money it needs to boost the economy. So we also need to go and get loans from organizations like the IMF. Mm. Um, and so the subsidy was, the removal of the subsidy was a way to kind of do both. I see. With the same stone. You know, whenever we talk about um, removing full subsidy, one of the main arguments that some Nigerians raise against it, um, like you said, is timing. So they say government should wait until local refineries are able to meet the local demand before removing subsidy on imported petrol. What do you think about that argument? Well, 
Yeah, so these refineries, we've been struggling with them since, I mean, I heard your entry said 2019, even in 2018, hmm. um, we were struggling with, with these refineries. Hmm. Um, I, I think it was uh, Cardinal Refinery, um, you know, produced exactly zero liters of petrol, mm-hmm. um, while still gulping billions um, of Naira in operational costs. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if the, the, the concern is, okay, the GMD has said in the past they have tried to fix these refineries, but the problem was that they did not even assess, okay, what was wrong with them first, right? So that, that's, that's trying to give you a scale of the problem we're dealing with. They did not even know what the problem was that mm-hmm. they're going to fix them, and they're spending millions of dollars to fix it. So now the GMD has come in and said, okay, you know what, first thing first, let's find out what is wrong with these refineries. Mm-hmm. So that is, that is the process that um, they are currently on now. Mm-hmm. And then the next step is, okay, what do we need to do to fix it? Hmm. Right? Hmm. So this is not this is not something that can happen overnight. Right? Hmm. I would argue that like, you know, do we we all we, we do we want to be spending billions of dollars, trillions of naira subsidizing on petrol in the meantime? Hmm. Is that is that the best use of government funds? Um so I think that that is why especially with this coronavirus pandemic, I think that is why the government decided that you know what, um we have to we have to remove the subsidy now. Hmm. Okay. Now, is the main argument against uh, uh, subsidies that we cannot afford them? Or is the argument that they don't work? Or is it both? It's both. It's both. Um, but when you, when, you, when you say they don't work, um, so the, the, the reason for that argument is that, okay, let's start with the reason for the subsidy in the first place. Hmm. Um, is to is to make um, life more bearable for the for the poor Nigerians. Mm-hmm. But then the argument is, you know, the poor Nigerians are not driving cars. If they are, they're driving one car. But if the rich Nigerians are driving three, four cars and are giving them subsidies that they don't even need, right? Mm. That's one. That's one way the the subsidy is um, is being wasted. Okay. The second way is if you look at it, because we're subsidizing our petrol. Mm-hmm. Countries like Cameroon are not subsidizing, or subsidizing to a lesser extent. So the price of petrol in those countries, in those are neighboring countries, is higher. Hmm. So what they are, what people were doing, was, what smugglers were doing, hmm. they were smuggling this petrol across the Cameroonian border, selling it, you know, at the at at the at the price just below the price of Cameroonian petrol, hmm. and making a profit easily. So essentially, the federal government was subsidizing petrol for Cameroon. Right? So there's an, there's an argument that, okay, the way it's, the way we're doing it now, mm. um, the way we're doing it is not the most effective and efficient way to run a subsidy. But yes, there's also a point that we can't, we can't afford it, to be honest. Um, we're looking at... Every time Nigerians hear government is broke or we can't afford it, they go a little bit insane. Uh, so, because um, they cannot seem to reconcile um, the large government we're running, the the wastage when it comes to uh, money, uh, the 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 huge allowances, if you like. That I always argue that even if you convert all of that allowance that we're paying to say lawmakers, for instance, it's still not. It, it still doesn't make that much of a difference. Uh, in the in the in the large scheme of things, but Nigerians always want to tear you apart at the seams every time you say we can't afford it. What what do you and, say to that? 
And you can't blame them because it, it comes down to the trust deficit problem. Hmm. When, the, when the country doesn't trust, and that's what it comes down to, because the country does is not, a lot of citizens don't trust that the government will actually um, use this subsidy to improve their lives. <coughs> Sorry. Sorry. Hmm. So, so, what, so, uh, so that 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 is the problem. That is the problem that government needs to fix. Like you know, you take out the you take out the you save one point two trillion naira in um in in subsidy payments. Mm-hmm. So Nigerians will ask you, how am I sure that most of that money is not going to be stolen? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I think so I think that is the problem that government needs to um try to address when they are in this um, for subsidy removal issue. It's not just, I mean, yeah, they do a good job, they come on TV, tell us how it's going to be good for us, mm. but that doesn't really help the common man. Let us know specifically, what are the specific things mm-hmm. um, that this money is going to be used for? Yes. I mean, Nigeria is not the first country to move their subsidy. Mm. In Angola, in Angola, mm-hmm. um, the IMF came there, mm-hmm. told them to remove their subsidy, mm-hmm. and, and point blank, they said, look, we're expecting a loan from the World Bank, mm-hmm. and when we get this loan, we'll give it to our poorest people, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So until we get that loan, we cannot we cannot talk about moving the subsidy mm-hmm. because we need to give them a cushion mm-hmm. for this removal. Same thing in Iran; they distributed billions of dollars to their poorest citizens when they were removing the subsidy. So that so that is what the the Nigerian government needs to be thinking about doing. Just you know, get that trust um, factor mm-hmm. sorted. Mm-hmm. Now, some people um, made the argument that the presence of fuel subsidy and price control is discouraging investors from building refineries in Nigeria because they won't be able to com- uh, compete with the price of subsidized fuel. What's your take on, 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 that, on this particular argument? Yes. So, I was talking to someone who was who's considering um, investing in the oil and gas sector. Okay. And I was telling me that look, petrol. That no, that no, he doesn't want to go there. Like just, just seeing governments, um, for lack of a better word, pause all over the sector. Just it's like he it just thought it was too complicated. Yeah. Let's think of another business. Let's go to another country. Mm. And so that, so that's what's happening. Um, you know, now we remove the subsidies. We saw recently that government even went further to deregulate the sector by saying. Um, you know, they wouldn't be advising on the price of petrol anymore. So it's, it's further than just removing subsidies. You know, before they removed the subsidies and then they said, okay, at the beginning of the month, we'll tell you what price you can sell petrol for. Now they've said, okay, you know what, you decide on what price you're selling petrol for. And, 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 and these things are good steps to remove, you know, they're good steps from the point of view of, um, of the investors looking into Nigeria. Removing the red tape, removing the regulatory costs that investors will have to bear um, if they come to the country. Hmm. If you just joined the show, you're listening to Hard Facts on 99.3 Nigeria Info. Will privatizing the refineries improve petrol subsidy? On the show, talking to me today is an energy analyst from Steers Business. His name is Osato Gobadia. And uh, so far, we are talking about Nigeria's petrol industry. According to the NNPC, its refineries did not refine any fuel in the year between July 2019 and June 2020. 
2020. I want to hear from you, Lagos, as uh, Osatu and I continue this conversation. What do you think about uh, government's plan to partially privatize its refineries? Do you think this will improve or worsen the fuel subsidy situation? Can government run the refineries efficiently or does it need uh, the private sector to step in? What do you think about the moves in general to deregulate the petroleum sector? I told you when we started that last week, Miliki Ari, NPC's group managing director, said government wants to privatize majority stakes in all its refineries. Of course, this is coming just days after government announced an official end both to fuel subsidy and to price controls in fuel. Osato, before I take my first call from Lagos, government is saying that... Um, Fuel importers, distributors, marketers can set any price that they like. Now, I've heard critics who have pointed out that for importers, this is an empty promise because they don't have access to Forex from the CBN. Does deregulation of fuel imports matter, Osato, if fuel importers cannot get access to Forex? Yeah, so the, the Forex matter is it's, it's one um, pending issue. The GMD has said that you know the CBN um, is in their discussion with CBN on how to give um, importers access to FX at the same rate that um, the NMPC is, is selling that, which is three ninety naira to the dollar. But the and and, and, and but until that is done, um, you know it's it's difficult to say the market. It's difficult to expect importers to. To source their effects on the black market, any people would still be the only ones importing at least um, in the near future until until we're able to get importers access to to effects by the CBN. But also, it's also important to remember that the CBN is also um, trying to balance, um, you know, Nigeria's scarce foreign reserves. All right, it's not like there's excess dollars for anybody who wants to come. So it's it's, it's a complicated um, task they have. I mean, we heard recently about how um, the power plant, the Azura power plant, um, is, is going through financial difficulties because they cannot um, get effects um, from the from the CBN. So you, and, and it's not just them. There's numerous companies like this. Um, so it's it's it's, it's a challenge. It's a complicated um, challenge. Hmm. Hmm. All right, let's talk about the refineries. Uh, government after government, there's been a constant difficulty getting them to work. I'm going to uh, ask you what you think the main reasons are for why that's not working. But I'll take a few calls from Lagos first. 0700-993-993-993-0700-993-993-993. You can share your thoughts with us via WhatsApp as well. WhatsApp is 080. 959-75805. Tomorrow at 5 p.m., we're going to have a conversation about the upcoming Edo State elections. Don't miss it, right? 5 p.m., that's when that conversation will come your way. I'll have a representative from both of the major political parties who will be playing uh, in the elections on Saturday, which is my birthday, incidentally. We have a few callers. 99.3, hello. Hello, good evening. Good evening, sir. What's your name? Yeah, thank you. This is Emmanuel from Ogun State. Welcome, Emmanuel from Ogun State. Go ahead. Okay, thank you for me to privatize our refinery. If no, I mean, it's not a bad idea at all. Okay. But the problem is that those in government, do you know, they will buy, I mean, they will sell the refinery to their cronies. So we may not have uh, much uh, difference. And then, how many times will this government uh, 
remove subsidy. Because to me now, they think they have removed it about two to three times now. And I tell you before December, eh, hmm. this government will tell you that they are going to remove uh, subsidy again. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for calling us. 99.3. Hello. Hello. Turn your radio off, sir. What's your name? My name is Mohammed. Mohammed, welcome. Go ahead. Yeah, I think um, my opinion is that government stands for privatizing or selling the largest share of, um, of energy. I think it's a good idea. What is most important here is if that can make it work. Because um, uh, as, as it is now, the government seems not to be making serious uh, uh, income from the refineries. Hmm. And uh, when it started out, people will come in, put in their money, because they know they really need for profit making. They can always uh, uh, make it uh, perform as optimal uh, uh, performance that will be able to use results. And government in return will get revenue from that and uh, finance other aspects of our uh, activities. Okay. Okay, then. Well, thank you for calling. I appreciate it. We'll take one more call. 99.3. Mm, sorry about that. Let's take another call. 99.3. Good afternoon, Sandra. Good afternoon, sir. What's your name? My name is Prince Y.S. Calling from Amuadofi. Welcome to the show. You see, number one, I think you know, in your two thousand six or seven, OBG sold off our refinery for profit uh, bodies. But where you are that coming? He refined that decision. I think that is a big mistake on the part of the government. You know, as it is now, hmm. the government can't be refinery as it is. Because we are expecting private refinery to come on board very soon. Hmm. So, when we talk of uh, regulation, for me, mm-hmm. I would have loved the federal government to wait in this private uh, refinery come on board. Hmm. As it is now, mm-hmm. it is being a lot of pains to Nigeria. Hmm. When we talk of uh, increment of electricity, you talk of uh, fuel, and as it is now, immediately fuel rise in international and fuel your rise in international market. Mm. It means our fuel we brought to the bring to the country, the price will go up. People will go to the state of Tuaren Naira. And can we afford it? So that is my fear. All right. So for me, mm-hmm. it's good to regulate, mm-hmm. but uh, at the wrong time. Okay, deregulation, good, timing, bad. We'll take a break, we'll come back, we'll have this conversation some more. You're listening to Hard Facts on 99.3 Nigeria Info. Sato Gubadia is an energy analyst for Steers Business and he's on the show today um, answering questions about Nigeria's petrol industry. I am Sandra Ezekwesili. WhatsApp is 080-959-75805. Hard Facts, we'll be right back. Welcome back to Hard Facts with Sandra Ezekwesi. 
Yes, we're back, Lagos. Uh, 29 minutes past five. I'm Sandra Ezekwasili. I have on the show with me an energy analyst for Sears Business, Osato Gobadia. Osato is talking to me about Nigeria's deregulation of the petrol industry. Will privatizing the refineries improve petrol supply? I'm asking that question because last week, Mela Kiari, NMPC's group managing director, said government wants to privatize majority stakes in all its refineries. This is coming days after government announced an official end both to fuel subsidy and to price controls on fuel. And I told you that according to NMPC itself, its refineries did not refine any fuel in the year between July 2019 and June 2020. So, Osato and I have talked about a bunch of things, right? And uh, before the break, I mentioned that we were going to have a conversation about why exactly our refineries have not worked. Government after government, year after year, there's a constant difficulty with getting them to work. What are the main reasons they haven't worked, Osato? Hi, Sandra. So, I think one of the one of the major reasons, like the GMD said, was you know they were fixing it without actually first identifying the you know, what the real problem was, mm. right? Mm. Um, yeah, they were just they were just going ahead into fixing it without being sure. Um, actually, that's from the GMD's perspective. Um, but I, I imagine I imagine was a complicated. Um, was a complex series of reasons why we have not been able to to fix it. Um, the pipeline vandalism didn't help um, because you know where where this, the pipelines are the way we're supposed to get the crude oil to these refineries, but then you, they keep getting vandalized. Um, you know, there's there's no there's no it's expensive to keep fixing those pipelines time after time, um, so that didn't help the situation either. Hmm. Well, I think I think um, the the government's move to try to privatize the refineries mm-hmm. by selling majority stakes mm-hmm. um, is is a decent one. Um, so the it's, they plan to run it under the NLNG model, mm-hmm. and NLNG is one of our um, most successful, um, um, you know, government-owned companies, mm-hmm. and and the way it runs is. You know, NMPC owns it in partnership with Shell, Total, and I think Ajip. Mm. So NMPC owns 49%, while the rest um, share 51%. So what that does is that it, it introduces a level of transparency mm-hmm. and also efficiency. Because, you know, while theoretically these governments may not have a profit in, government institutions may not have a profit incentive mm-hmm. those private guys have a profit incentive they want to make sure that they are running their operations as efficiently as possible because they have returns um, to give to their investors right so, so if, if if we are running a refinery mm-hmm. under an NLNG model mm-hmm. I can assure you that you would not see a refinery bringing in zero naira of, um, of revenue mm-hmm. while spending billions on operational costs. Mm. That's not how a private um, company would run a business. Mm. Uh, next door, Niger Republic struck oil in 2011 or so. Right now, they already refine enough petrol to meet their domestic demand and they've even started supplying Nigeria. So clearly they're doing something right that we haven't been able to. What is it? What is it? What is it, Osato? Yeah, it's 
it's it's odd. It's it's a it's a general problem we've seen um, in 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 institutions across the country. It's a maintenance problem. Uh, we found it difficult to maintain a lot of our assets, and refineries and refineries are not an exception. Um, you know, now you know the government is embracing private refineries, uh, modular refineries, to to help us. You know, try to, you know. Um, deal with the gap between the demand and, and the supply of, of petrol that we have. Um, we are people are optimistic um, that I think the, big, the biggest one is Dangote, um, but there are a couple of other refineries that are planned um, the next in the next um, few years. Uh, so people are optimistic that you know this this problem of us not being able to refine our our crude in our own country um, hopefully will become a thing of the past pretty soon. Hmm. Uh, we've got people who talk about uh, a lack of technical capacity within government as well uh, to get the refineries running. There's also lack of incentives. Some people even argue that it's a feature, not a bug. The fact that we haven't been able to get our refineries running is a feature, not uh, a bug. It's it's on purpose and it's not, it's not exactly rocket science that we can't figure out. But that you'd probably say that that's the realm of uh, conspiracy theories, Asato. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't want to get into that because it's difficult to analyze that. Mm. Um, but but what I will say is, um, typically these refineries are not, you know, they're not fixed in-house, they're not maintained in-house. Generally, we get, you know, a, 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 a reputable engineering company mm-hmm. to come to, to look at it. I think um, for one of the refineries, I can't remember which one, um, but the government has said that they want to get the people who actually constructed the refinery mm-hmm. to come and you know find out what diagnosed the problem. Mm. Um, since we have been able to, we have been unable to do that mm. for so long, mm. um, so the the problem with the lack of a technical capacity mm-hmm. um, in our government um, in, in the oil and gas sector, I'm not sure it's something that holds much weight. Um, but clearly, there has been a there has been a um, it's a series of problems because government after government they have not been able to fix uh, these refineries um, so I mean so what we, what we saw now the, in the Potaco refinery for example mm-hmm. um, the um, the GMD has transferred um, Mr. Ahmed Diko um, who you know he's now the MD of the Potaco refinery but he has not worked in the refinery before um, he, he's he spent the most part of the past decade working in um, in the in liquid natural liquefied natural gas LNG, not refinery. So we're bringing an outsider there. Um, so if you say it, you know, it's a feature and not a bug, and that the people there want it to want it not to work, that's why it's not working. Okay, now we have someone. We have a new um, we have a new head, mm-hmm. but no affiliation with the with the refinery before now. I think it started work in March mm-hmm. of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so. You know, I'm not saying that people who are saying the feature are not involved. I'm not saying they're wrong. Okay. I'm just saying it's difficult to analyze. Um, but in any case, you know, there's a there's a, rem, a, a partial remedy has been put um, to that to that effect. The Potaco, the MD of the Potaco Refining com, Refining Company, mm-hmm. and two of our four refineries are in Potaco. Um, so 
As recently as the last presidential election, and I talked about this last week, we had the opposition candidate saying that he wanted to privatize part of NMPC, including the refineries. The administration opposed it at the time. I remember the the the, the administration and their supporters uh, made it into this big thing, you know? Now, we hear the administration talking about selling majority stakes in the refineries. Huh. What has made this policy shift um, happen in the space of two years, Osato? Right. So, what is clear is that in the oil and gas sector... Less than two years, Sev. In, in the oil and gas sector in, actually in 2020, mm-hmm. a lot of the big decisions um, have been driven by money. Um, right, just the fact that you know the revenue to the that NAPC is given to the federal government has reduced, and it, you know, and, it, and the government is trying to you know buffer up that revenue. Hmm. So, if you know the option of the investors coming in hmm. to fund the, rehabil- the rehabilitation of the refinery, hmm. that is, I mean, government needs more money. They don't need, they don't, they rather not spend money doing it when they can get foreign investors to. Hmm. Or, or private investors to, to come and fund that rehabilitation. Mm-hmm. The same thing we saw with um, with uh, the decision to um, yeah, the, to sell marginal oil fields this year. Mm. Um, it's something that you know has been pushed for a number of years. Um, so these are the, the marginal oil fields are the fields that the IOCs, for one reason or the other, mm-hmm. have not yet developed, and you know the idea that they should be sold to Nigerian operators to run them. Mm-hmm. This has been this has been delayed time after time. Mm-hmm. Um but this year we saw, you know, quickly they um they they um they initiated the process mm. to to sell those marginal oil fields. Um and one of the reasons they gave was because of the revenue shortfall. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they were criticized at the time because you know, this is not the best time to buy or to sell oil and gas assets, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because the money you get from them is less, right? Because you know, the output for oil is not looking as as good. Yeah, exactly. For hundred dollars a barrel, exactly. Mm-hmm. So they were criticized for that, mm-hmm. but they said that look, now we need we need revenue, we need revenue now. Mm-hmm. Um, so the same thing, the same thing with the refineries. Mm-hmm. They're not going to say no to private investors coming in. Forget what they said during. Um, crazy campaign election season. Um, <laughs> now it's time to govern. We have somebody who's saying, uh, who's asking the type of money, technical know-how, and the expertise that the federal government doesn't have that will warrant them sell the biggest oil facility to those who that will want to exploit the masses, just like the discos in the power sector are doing. They shouldn't give them out to private companies. What do you say to that, Osato? So I, I would I would agree with um with the person on just only one point, which is we need to know who these private um, companies are. Um, I think that's important. Um, mm. Besides the besides the cronyism, which is the reason I think um, the the author is alluding to, mm. there's also the problem of whether these people are able to um, to thrive under that energy model. Mm. So the reason why the energy model is working. So successfully, one of the main reasons mm-hmm. is that we're dealing with companies who know Nigeria well. We're dealing with Shell. Shell has been with us since we found oil, mm-hmm. right? Total. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These are companies that know Nigeria well. They know the sector well. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be scared off, um, 
they, they understand the risks mm-hmm. and how to manage them. Mm-hmm. So if and if we still are going to run the refineries under the energy model, mm-hmm. are we going to get partners like those um, who understand the Nigerian um, environment well? Or are we going to get you know new investors coming in, you know who don't understand what's going on? Are, are we going to have new investors? I ask that because, it, it, I mean, the refineries have produced almost no petrol in the last year. And before that, they were at less than 6%. So how easy will it even be to find investors ready to buy refineries that are basically non-operative? The, the, it will not be easy. Um, for sure, we'd have to um, sell it at a discount to what we would have been able to sell it. Mm had they been working properly mm-hmm. and um, and if there weren't any pipeline um, vandalism issues, right? Because who wants to buy a refinery when, you know, the the source of the, the feed mm. keeps getting damaged time after time? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's going to affect your revenue and your profits. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for sure, it, it's, um, it, it, that's, that's the question we're asking. Who are the people going to buy it? Are mm-hmm. these people who would, who know about these problems, mm-hmm. who have experience with these problems, mm-hmm. or would they be surprised? I mean, the, the author alluded to the problem with the electricity. With the electricity, mm-hmm. and, uh, and that's one of the problems that this school had. You know, they had, you know, the fancy, the paperwork, everything before mm-hmm. they bought the, the asset. Mm-hmm. And then they came in, saw the situation on ground, and they were saying that, look, this thing is worse than we thought. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's way worse than we thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so that I mean, w- that that points one one um, thing that points is mm. better due diligence. Mm-hmm. But the second is having people who understand the, the Nigerian system. environment. Mm. Um, the government has to be thinking about about that as a criteria. Mm. Even if we don't know the people who are going to buy these refineries mm-hmm. or invest in these refineries, mm-hmm. I think government needs to tell us okay, what is the criteria that you need to evaluate mm-hmm. the people who bid. For these refineries. Hmm. All right, let's take your calls. 0700-993-993-993. One thing I know is that a lot of Nigerians are worried about the price of fuel going forward, as well as the availability of fuel, right? They, they, they're worried that uh, without a price band, the importers, the marketers, the distributors will crank the prices very high. I wonder what you say to that, but I'll, I'll, I'll come back to you, Osato, after we take uh, two calls, right? 99.3, hello. 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 Sorry about that. Call us back if you can. Hello. Hello. How are you, sir? What's your name? Yeah, Ruben from Yaba. Ruben, welcome. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, on the um, refinery issue, you mm-hmm. know, they were supposed to sell it to Dangote. I think around 2010. You know, so I think for about 500 million dollars, and then somewhere along the line, yeah, drug government cancelled that contract. Oh, and there was something I read in international relations. I don't understand why they don't know the reason why the refineries are not working. Is it that, I don't know, I, I, I want to believe that maybe it's either British or American companies that, 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 that built it, and after they built it, they now decided, maybe because they are selling oil to us, they now decide not to come and repair it. Because Russia cannot come and repair it. Germany cannot come and repair it. Once a major power rebuilds something for you, another major power cannot come and repair it for you. So it is up to that company that is based in that country to come and repair it. It's up to that government of that country to come and help you repair it. That's why also we are also happy with the Ajakuta steel problem. The Russians that, 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 that repaired it, the Americans cannot, cannot touch it. That's the way it is. So this is the problem that we are facing. 
Thank you very, very much. Thank you very much, Ruben, for calling us. We appreciate it. Osato? Osato, are you there? Yes, sir. Yes. So back to the back to the question I was asking earlier on. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you say to the Nigerians who are worried about price gouging? Right. So, um, like we said, the PPPRA would not be fixing the price. Um, but as far as we know, mm. the PPPRA would still exist as a body. Mm-hmm. Um, their job is to regulate the price of petroleum products. Um, literally, the first, the most important thing um, that they are here for is to ensure that. You know, the marketers are not gouging the prices of petrol. So even though they are not setting on the price, they are still theoretically going to be looking out to make sure that um, the prices are, um, they are, they are not being, they're not exploitative. Um, so theoretically, that, that's their function. Um, it's not, it's not easy to do. Um, because I mean, even with, even with the price band of, um, we still had a, you know, some retail stations selling petrol um, above the above the regulated price. Hmm. Um, it's not easy to do, but PPPRA is there to do exactly that. Yeah, but it's uh, they're not regulating prices anymore. The band has been cut, uh, uh, so to speak. So, do they still have a job? <laughs> so, right. Um, I mean, what we heard about PPPRA was that uh, the new PI bill would have. Um, you know, there's another agency which we don't even talk about, which is the the PEF, mm-hmm. the Petroleum Equalization Fund, mm-hmm. which ensures that the price of petrol you you um you pay for in Lagos is the same as in Kaduna, mm-hmm. is the same as in Edo State. Mm-hmm. Even though, obviously, you know, it's more difficult to transport petrol and it's more expensive mm. for the marketer to transport petrol to Edo State mm. than it is to transport in Lagos. But PEF ensures that everything is equal. So it's, it's a similar function mm-hmm. um, in terms of regulating the price to what PPPRE were doing. Um, so th- those bodies will be merged after the PI bill is passed, hopefully this year. Mm. Um, so, um, so in terms of the, if you look at the bill, it looks like there's still a role for PPPRE mm. um, just to ensure that the prices are still. Um, that, that that were not being exploited, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we don't want a situation where a retail stations are selling petrol for two hundred, mm-hmm. where the fundamentals indicate that the that the price should be hundred and thirty naira, mm. right? So PPPR is there to ensure that that doesn't happen. Okay, all right. We've got a message from Adebayo in Lagos who says on the issue of our refineries being sold to private handlers and deregulation policy of the oil sector, what is so different from Atiku's position of selling the oil sector and the position of this administration? I don't think Atiku said he was going to sell the oil sector at any point. Uh, Sandra, who buys the shares? What happened in the power sector since its privatization? Have we started seeing steady power supply? Privatization of the NMPC is another ploy to hand over the NMPC or whatever they call it to their cronies. They might claim to be deregulating the oil sector in the interest of the poor masses, but the poor are the ones at the receiving end of all of this. This is because no matter how much you put up a litre of fuel for sale, the elites can always afford it. Nigerian political leaders have no interest of Nigerians at heart. 
period. You know, Osato, that brings me to another concern that um, Nigerians um, share quite a bit, right? They're worried about availability. We've talked about Forex uh, before. Without government providing Forex to importers and subsidizing importers, there's a fear that... um, a lot of importers will simply leave the business. Are you concerned about that as well, or is that not a concern you share? How concerned are you about it? Yeah, so that, that's what we're seeing currently, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if we go back to um, initially when um, you know, this forex challenge started, mm-hmm. um, we had four queues um, around that time, mostly because NMPs was the only importer of petrol into the country. Mm-hmm. And so they were not able to import enough at the time to um to give um to, to give all the filling stations. But um what we've seen now is that NMPC has been able to ramp up its capacity to import petrol. Whereas now in as we as we speak, mm. they are the sole importers of petrol into mm. Nigeria. Mm. All right. Mm. So um but the issue is that they are doing it um at a, they're getting dollars at a price that only they can get. Mm-hmm. Right? They're, the only, they're the only ones in that window. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. When other um, petrol marketers would also... If, if, if they would like to um, import, they have to source their forex on the black market. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so that's the challenge. Um, so it, it's, as, it, as it stands today, mm-hmm. NFPC is the only importer. Um, and, and it looks likely to stay that way mm. until um, we, can, we can deal with the the Forex Challenge. I see. Osato Gobadia, thank you so much for giving us your time on Hard Facts. Uh, Can you, in one minute, talk to me about your general outlook for the petroleum sector and for these uh, new policies? What would you say needs to be done to ensure efficient uh, efficient supply in the sector? Somebody called in and said, don't be surprised, in December you'll hear yet again that they're they're removing subsidy. I know you're asking yourself, wait, uh, uh, what... So, what's your outlook? Can you can you give me your outlook in 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 one minute? Sure. Okay. So, in one minute, the um, so what we what we're seeing now um, is that the crude oil price, because everything depends on the crude oil price. Mm. Crude oil price has been falling in September. It's mm. been going down again. Mm. Um, so, in terms of from the point of view of the government, who mm-hmm. is trying to ensure that subsidy is removed, mm-hmm. um, that's good news for them. Mm. It's bad news for their revenue, but it's good news in the sense that the price of petrol is more likely to come down than go up again. Um, obviously, there's still the fact that we devalued the naira in that time, so that might still, you know, push the the price of petrol higher than it, than it would have. Mm-hmm. Um, but but that's the trend we're seeing. The crude oil price is coming down. Okay. Um, and 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 so. Um, I, I, the subsidy it might be a while longer mm-hmm. um, before we get that the subsidy is going to be removed again mm. okay alright then Osato thank you so much for your time Osato Gobadia is an energy analyst for Steers Business thanks for your time Osato Thank you, Sandra. It's great to be with you. Okay. All right, Lagos. Let me give you a chance to win 10,000 naira on the show. Yes, we are out of time completely, so I cannot take your calls if you want to talk about deregulation. But I'm hoping that uh, the things we've talked about, you took away one or two things. If you missed it or you joined late, Hard Facts with Sandra Ezekwesli is available as a podcast on all your streaming services, Apple, Google, Spotify. We are everywhere. So search for Hard Facts with Sandra Sandra Ezekwesili. This is Just a Minute, Just a Minute on 99.3 Nigeria Invest.
To win today, you have to answer more than two questions. So, so far we are at two. You need to answer more than two and that's how you win. 0700-993-993-993. Hello. Hello. Are you ready to play just a minute? Yes. Turn your radio off. Okay. Okay. What's your name? My name is Philip. Philip, your time has started. Just a minute. Okay. Question one. On what day will the first schools, primary and secondary schools in Lagos, open? On 21st. 21st is correct. For public schools, uh, name one of the two secondary school classes that will reopen. Who is the Justice Minister and Attorney General of the Federation? All court documents must bear the stamp and seal of what body? Sorry? The body that sets the rules for professional conduct for lawyers is the general counsel of the what? NBA. Which Lagos politician said he's a product of Godfatherism? All right. Well, congratulations. You are our winner today. Philip, stay on the line. Don't hang up. Stay on the line so that somebody will take your details. Lagos, thank you so much for being a part of today's show. Coming up is Conversations with Rufai. After that, Game On at 7. After Game On at 7, Freeze, Daddy Freeze, the one and only, brings you live and dangerous right here on your number one talk station. That happens at 10 every day. So uh, I hope that you are having conversations with Freeze. He always has something live and something dangerous going on on 99.3 Nigeria Info. I'm Sandra Ezekwesili on on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, S Ezekwesili, Instagram, Twitter. Find me there. Talk to me there. Let's chat about all the numerous things that I talk about on air. Don't forget tomorrow, 5 p.m., we'll have a conversation about the Edo State uh, elections. I'll have somebody from the APC and somebody from the PDP right here and we'll talk about the issues that are important as far as this election is concerned. They just had a debate and people had a lot of things to say about both candidates and the debate. So tomorrow, 5 p.m., that's going to happen. But if you miss it, don't worry. We've got a podcast, Hard Facts with Sandra Ezekwesili. Those were Hard Facts, Lagos. Good night.